Here's a little heads up for our non-Spanish speaking podcast friends. This podcast is recorded in Spanglish. So please grab you a friend that speaks Spanish, have them translate for you, buy them a coffee, say thank you, and enjoy the show. So I emptied out the apartment in the Bronx. Um, I got rid of the chairs and the table. I got an offer last minute to sell them, thank God, because I was really not trying to take that L. Um, So I dropped those off, and then I went to Amy's and dropped off her skates. Um, And that was the last bit of what was in my apartment. And while I was at Amy's, she was like, you know what you should do? You should document this process of you moving to Puerto Rico um, just for the podcast. And I was just like, fuck, like, she is so right. And she's my sister and she gets it. And um, I have a habit of kind of going through things very quickly and not stopping through the process to appreciate them. Um, So I do want to share this experience with you guys of me moving from New York Rico to Borinking. Um, it has been a process. It's been a journey. It's been something I've been preparing for for months now because of um just my own personal stuff. I've been wanting to go for um been wanting to go for, like for at least a year now, but more than a year. Um. In March, when this coronavirus started getting crazy, I asked God, I was like, God, I had already been crazy to leave New York, not because I don't love it, because it's obviously the place I was born and raised, but just rent was just out of control, and real estate agents and landlords, like, they're just wildin'. Like, those times of being a young creative in New York, like, the beginnings of hip-hop, those Andy Warhol... Um, Basquiat times where you could live in a loft and pay $200, $300 or nothing at all um, or live in the Bronx again and play and pay almost nothing. Um, those times are gone now. And it's like, even with supposed city assistance or government assistance, you're still going to pay close to $1,000. And it's just like, it don't match up because... The money is not getting better. I mean, for me, it's gotten better because my industry happens to make a lot weekly, but it wasn't always like that. I found this industry when I was in my late 20s. I work in the film and TV industry. So I found this industry when I was in my late 20s. And by that time, um, the supposed good money that I was making was barely enough to survive. And I'm pretty sure they haven't renewed that pay in a while. So, I mean, if I was making a thousand to two thousand dollars a week in my early to mid twenties, that would have been lit. But you know, in my mid twenties, I was lucky enough to to make that money. Um, but it came with a lot, a lot of work. Um, not saying that I don't work somewhere that's not a lot of work right now, because this hmm, working in film and TV, you dedicate your whole life. But um, I don't mind it because I love it, obviously, and it's fun. And just about living in the Bronx and stuff and like basically just conquering New York essentially like leaving my apartment of course I love the Bronx it's the last bit of New York that still reminds me of New York 
Um, But I just want to be real clear that when you make it in this city and you're from here, it's different because you don't got nowhere else to hide, right? You don't got nowhere else to run. A lot of times, like for me, my immediate family is still here. So you don't got no choices. You just got to stay here and you got to figure it out. And somehow we do it. And I just want to applaud all the New Yorkers that are actually doing it on their own. I know sometimes we have partners and things like that, but we know that if somebody doesn't come through for us, um, the responsibility falls back on us. And in New York, is no mercy. None. So if you live in New York, from New York, born and raised, and you're still here hustling, figuring it out, I applaud you because this shit is not fucking easy. It's not. It's actually real hard. Um, you know, like a lot of times we talk about people doing things by themselves. Um, and we're like, oh, nobody could really do anything by themselves. But the reality is, is that past a certain time, past a certain age, we really do everything by ourselves. I mean, I personally have never had like a sugar daddy or like any of that kind of anybody to finance my life, anybody to sponsor my life. I wish. Um, So a lot of times it was just done hustling us by ourselves here. And um, I just want to applaud all the New Yorkers that are hustling and making this shit happen for themselves day in and day out. Because I see you, I feel you, I understand you, I've been you, I still am you. Like, it's hard. So, leaving my apartment, seeing it empty, the only thing I could feel was victory in a sense. Like, bitch, you did that. You fucking did that. Not everything was perfect. It was a lot of turmoil. It was a lot of turbulence. Nothing ever looks pretty. But... I fucking did that. And nobody could take that from me. So I just want to applaud us New Yorkers because we really, again, we be doing that shit. And it's not easy. But back to the apartment in the Bronx. So I emptied it out. And um, I just felt like I fucking did that. And I don't owe nobody nothing at all. Nothing. I've lived in this city on and off for 30 years. I'm 31. Um, This is my home. I know every street, every block, literally. Um, My dad is an investigator, so I've been on multiple rides with him throughout the city. And just I have experiences and memories everywhere, personal and then with my family as well. So... I don't owe nobody, uh, oh, you're not New York no more, or you're not a New Yorker because you left us. Miss me with that. Like, maybe in 20 years you could tell me, oh, you know, whatever, if I don't come back, which is very likely. Um, But I don't owe nobody nothing. This is where I'm from. It's where other people are going to judge me from anyways. I go to L.A., people look at me like, you're from New York, right? Like, they know. In Puerto Rico, it's going to be the same exact thing. They're going to know. 
I just look like them, but they know that my vibe, my swag, my all that shit comes from New York and I'm proud of it. You know, so that doesn't go away. Um and my memories don't go away. Like luckily when I was dropping everything off, the roads that it was taking me on were things that reminded me of either my childhood or just my coming up in New York, like dropping off the tables and the chairs. It was right across the street from Wyckoff Projects, which is where my dad was born and raised. And I remember him telling me stories about his best friend um, dying, jumping in the lagoon over there, going to Ridgewood after that and dropping off Amy skates to her. Um, just my memories around there as a kid, being in church around there, growing up, my first boyfriend, stuff like that. Um, things that make me cringe, obviously, like we're in our 30s now. We're like, oh, like, why did that? Why did that happen? But, you know, it's all part of growing up. Um, it took me through downtown Brooklyn. Um, my dad, where he used to work at, like, that was where I learned how to walk super fast because my dad will leave me if he was late for work. And I would happen to be with, with him going to work that day. He would walk very quickly and be like, Nicole, keep up. Like, hurry up. So he taught me how to walk really fast on those court street blocks. I'll never forget that. Um, passing through the south side, um, this lady scared the shit out of me. It's like hipster people out here asking for money. It's crazy. Like, I guess that happens. Like, I remember them moving in. I was around like 10, 11. I remember thinking even then, like, I'm going to buy buildings and I'm going to make them affordable so that we could stay here because I was mad that they were pushing Puerto Ricans out. Um, I Fast forward to my current present time. Maybe I knew I would be moving back to Puerto Rico because during that time it was still important to me because I, I had a passion for our people and for black people in general, um, I knew what it was like at a really young age to be um, mistreated for the color of my skin or for just looking how I look, being Puerto Rican um, and being in Staten Island, which is super racist um, at a really young age. I'm talking about like six years old. like, And it's not even just by other kids, which are pretty bad past like the first and second grade, like they clearly emulate their parents' beliefs. Um, and they're not taught how to polish. They're not taught how to be polished yet. So they just spit out from the hip and say what they feel. Um, but no, it it's always been important to me. I was I was racially profiled by my first grade teacher and had to repeat the first grade because she refused to teach me. And it was crazy. Like, she wouldn't teach me how to read. And I remember sitting in the class and just being like, well, I guess this is what I got to do today. Like, just kind of whatever, chill here. Because I would ask questions and she would just look at me like I'm stupid. So it's crazy. It, it really be like that. And sometimes kids end up with a really shitty experience for a teacher. And I think all of those experiences um, made me who I am. And then finally... Me passing through Bedford Gardens, um, where my godmother, grandmother, woman that took care of me, took care of me for the first five years of my life. I didn't want to leave her house to go to kindergarten. Think about that. Like when I went to kindergarten, I thought I was going to boarding school because of all the novelas that I saw with her. No lie, that I was like, the TV stayed on 41. So like, 
I was just shook that I was going to end up in boarding school. So I remember my mom talking to my brother. It was his first day of school, sixth grade. And I was like in kindergarten thinking to myself like, damn, these niggas are going to ship me off. And I was just like, damn, my parents are going to ship me off. It's really going to be like that. Um, luckily, it wasn't. Uh, luckily, I got to go through the grades, even though I experienced racism from teachers and students. Um, but it made me who I am. And um, being in Mami Nereida's house definitely raised me to be who I am. Um, she taught me how to be a woman. At a, I, even at that age, just like not gossiping about people, not, you know, making people, calling them out, not putting them on blast. Um, just kind of like peeping game and accepting it for what it is. Um, she was, she was super reserved and very much about me being a lady and reprimanded me in a way that I always felt loved. So she was just such an important part of my life. So whenever I pass Bedford Gardens, I think about my dad dropping me off, me, him double parking at La Pompa, me running around Bedford Gardens until my Theo was ready to take me upstairs my tío Sammy, and then, you know, me just hanging out with my grandmother all day or my aunt um, Joyce, and then going home or not wanting to go home because I just loved that atmosphere. It felt like I always knew I belonged there. It was very Dominican. It was very warm. And that plays a huge part into why I've always loved our people, black and brown, um, it plays a huge part into why I'm definitely moving to Puerto Rico. It plays a huge part into the partners that I pick because I, I love that warmth of what I grew up with. Um, that mixture of that merengue, bachata, salsa, reggaeton, that world that I grew up with when I was in those four walls was so special to me. Um, my tia Joyce told me how to dance in those hallways. Um, she listened to Boys to Men. She would listen to everything Selena. She just loved to dance, um, even freestyle sometimes. She just loved to dance and sing, and that's definitely a big part of um, why I was always attracted to being in the Caribbean, being in Caribbean environments, because she was super Caribbean. Like She was very New York and very, like, you know, she's a kid that grew up in New York, but her parents are straight from DR. And so she has a lot of those upbringings. But it's like, imagine that early 90s vibe with it, that early 90s Caribbean vibe where your parents just came from the Caribbean. Like, you're super involved in the black stuff, in the brown stuff. Like, even just in the New York stuff in general. Like, she would love, like, these New York songs, like Frank Sinatra and stuff like that. Um... So she was a lot like me, but in that time, like in the early 90s. And I would just stare at her and just want to like have brown lipstick like her. Like she just was a whole vibe that I loved. And I still love her. Um, I'm very grateful she was in my life. But that definitely plays a part into my decision to move to Puerto Rico today. But nah, that's, that's it. I'm going to be recording a lot of stuff that I'm going to be building out there. 
to share with you guys. Probably going to put it on YouTube. Um, Because this is a really special time in my life. And I do want to document it and share it with other New Yorkians so that they know it's possible that we could go back home. And that we're allowed to call that home. I know that here it feels like we're almost being pushed out. And it's it's not we feel. It's actually what's happening through gentrification. Um, And home is also Puerto Rico for us New Yorkians. And it's our birthright. And we're allowed to do that. Um, And we're allowed to connect with our family, be it from Ponce, San Juan, San Dulce, Mayagüez, Rincón. If you want to go home, go home and figure it out. If that's what makes you happy, that's what makes me happy. If New York makes you happy, if you're like, yeah, I can't go back to Hiwaroville. My mom, my grandma didn't come here for me to be a Hiwaro. Then you don't want to stay here. That's okay, too. But um, this is a decision that I'm making because I know I could do it. I know how I'm going to do it. I know how I'm going to make money there. I know that's a big thing with the economy. Um I know how I'm going to do that, and I'll show you guys that too, that process, because I'm excited about that. Um, but with humility, because I know that this process is very special and it's very different, and maybe not everybody could do that. Um, but I just want to show you it's possible. So now that I guess I'll talk to you guys when I'm at the airport. <laughs>